What's up, Drop Pod listeners? As always, you can listen to the Drop Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Pods. We're now on Amazon Music, Audible, and Pandora as well. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can also find all of our content on YouTube at the Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at the Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff, follow and listen along. This episode is brought to you by the Law Office of Mound and Tranger. Tom Mound and Randy Tranger are board certified trial attorneys who share more than 40 years of legal experience. They specialize in personal injury matters, workers' compensation cases, and criminal and municipal offense. As certified trial attorneys, they have recovered millions of dollars on behalf of people injured in accidents and employees injured at work. They have offices conveniently located in Freehold and Point Pleasant. For skilled and personalized legal representation, call Mallon and Tranger at 732-780-0230 or check out their website at tmallonlaw.com. Not only are they good people, they're good golfers too. This is the Drop Podcast, where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro, and this is Ryan Coulot. What's going on, everyone? Another big week. Hope everyone had another great week. Uh, as as hot summer just continues to roll through, hot or rainy, I guess we should say, seems to be our weather patterns. But um, we got a big episode this week. Mike and I had the fortunate opportunity to go up to Crystal Springs and stay at the resort, play the resort. So, so we're going we're gonna to kind of talk about that. Uh, we're going to touch upon Jack Wall, my pick for the New Jersey Amateur winning at Manasquan. And we got the U.S. Open coming up, as well as the New Jersey Open. So we got a couple topics we're going to throw at you. So let's The British let's, Open. The British Open. The, the, British United Open? States, the United States Open happened, but it's cool. We can... We can uh, backtrack a little bit there okay the british open uh, I, I will it, it it just it seems like we just finished the u.s open we did they're jam-packed well we'll get we'll get into it so uh so we're gonna jump right into it now uh but before we do we want to remind you guys that our polos are in stock flukeapparelco.com go check them out um they are the, the material is amazing uh, as we said last week, they are. If, if you're a little bit on the on the bigger side, you're gonna want to size up. If you're if you're more like me, you want to size up. If you're like Mike, you you know you don't necessarily need to. Um, but they're awesome. The, the material is is soft. It is uh, it's movable, so like you don't feel like it's catching in any part of your golf swing. It looks amazing, and it's it's really really good. Yeah, I mean, I don't, there's nothing else to say. I mean, the fact that the matter is, you know, when we were up at Crystal Springs, I, I wore mine. Every day we were up there, had a different one on. And, and I can't lie, the, the texts and the DMs that I've been getting from different listeners that have purchased one, that are wearing them, listen, send them our way. We'll share them. We, we love seeing you guys rocking them, wearing them. And, and we, again, as always, can't, can't thank you guys enough for, for supporting us in the podcast. So yeah, go check out flukeapparelco.com and go pick up our polos. They look phenomenal. They are phenomenal. And there we go. Mike, uh, I, I think both of us were right in our New Jersey amateur predictions. Uh, you had the number right. I thought it was going to be six under or better. What did Jack end up at? Five? Three? I guess you don't clamp the playoff holes. But either way, you were, uh, you were right in that. But I had Jack winning, which he did in, in tremendous fashion. I mean, if we backtrack to his last couple shots, it's an aggregate three-hole playoff to where he goes par-par and his opponent wasn't really in contention during the playoff, blew up a little bit, but still takes out driver on 18 is, is really what we're going to get at. Just says, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to mash this, and I'm going to be up on the green. I'm not worried about where this is going. I know that this is the best play. And he drives the green. It, it was just, it just goes to Jack's, I think, his personality. He's got the swagger for it. He's got the confidence for it. He just, he has the championship pedigree. Like, you look at him, and he's just, like, you look at him, you talk to him, he's just got the the it factor 
uh, when it comes to golf. And he really, I think that exemplified his week. That he was just like, I- I'm going to be solid all four rounds. And you're going to have to be solid as well for four straight rounds because I'm not going to mess up. I'm not going to have any mistakes. And and he doesn't. I, I mean, of course, he gets like a bogey here or there. But like, who did he shoot? 71, 70, 71. Did he shoot uh, around, you know, 69, I think? Like, he, he just he just never did anything. He was solid all week. Never did anything yeah, to I mean, hurt his chances. Listen. He, he didn't shoot over par in any of his four rounds. He shot 72, 71, 72, 70. So when you're talking about just like rock solid, like he never went over par, was rock solid. And listen, to Jack Simon's credit, who he battled in the playoff, like, you know, Jack had played extremely well. He I mean, did. listen, he, he shot a 74 in the final round, which you may say like, oh, he kind of like crapped the bed coming in. But nonetheless, if you, if you look at that final round, like, Jack needed Jack Simon needed to make a birdie coming down the stretch to tie Jack Wall to get into a playoff and and Jack Simon stiffs it on 17 makes the birdie putt they get into a playoff and you know obviously once they got to the playoff you know Jack Simon drove the ball into two terrible spots one on 16 and one on 17 which has really opened up the door for for Jack Wall just to kind of like walk through that door relatively easily um, on the playoff but you know I think that was one of the things that we talked about at length a few weeks ago was just how the golf course I thought was going to be the winner at the end of the day. And it just so happened that two of the top three finishers were local guys with local knowledge and just so happened to be brothers. Yeah. You said it last week that it's going to be a, or, or two weeks ago, whatever you need to know that local knowledge and when I was out there on Monday, that was a point that some of those guys made that like they didn't they didn't necessarily had they played it a few more times or had they you know had more local knowledge, they would have played better. But it just goes to show that like yes, Jerry and Jack are phenomenal golfers, but also at Manasquan River, that local knowledge is just as important as as ability. Yeah, and I think I think more than anything, I think that just showed it more so, you know, and I think, and the other thing, I, one thing I know that we touched on a few weeks ago about that tournament specifically in the preview of it was it wasn't a bomber's golf course. You really didn't need to drive the ball 350 yards, which a lot of these guys do these days. And it was like, if you can, you know, pick and prod your way around there, if you can think more, if you can strategize more, that's going to benefit you more which is why the course knowledge just played such an integral part in why probably Jack was victorious and no offense, probably why Jerry finished solo third. Mm -hmm. Like you have to think those things ultimately matter and more so at a place like that where you just can't grip and rip it, you know, but it was nice. Listen, I also want to point out that like, if you saw what Jack was wearing in the third round of the championship, it was the drop pod polo. And I can't thank Jack enough for wearing that um, to not only support us, to support Fluke Apparel Company, but just to speak about how good the gear actually is. It's not just you and I pushing something because it has our logo on it. Like, you see that it's out there. People are wearing it. And when the guy that just wins the NJSGA Amateur Championship is wearing it in the third round at his home club, I think that carries some, carries some weight. It does. Again, I, I started off with like, it feels good. It looks good. It's it, like the material is great. This is a guy who's going out and, and winning a tournament who's wearing it. Obviously, he's not just going to wear something that like doesn't feel good or doesn't like it, it impedes his swing or whatever the case is. Like, it's good stuff. And, and as you said, thank you to Jack for supporting us. Um, thank you to Fluke Apparel for making that happen, too. So it was it was really cool to see him, to see him rocking our stuff. So now we got to get Jack on, talk about the talk about the championship. Equity Three Real Estate is a full service commercial real estate brokerage management and development company based out of Paramus, New Jersey. Equity Three Real Estate focuses heavily in Northern New Jersey. They cover industrial, multifamily 
office, retail, and vacant land properties, as well as specializing in medical offices. They manage over 400,000 square feet of varying property types for passive investors. Their clients range from small to mid-range building owners and larger brokerages. So if you're looking for the right team to help you win, go check them out at www.equity3re.com or give them a call at 201-261-4300. That's 201-261-4300. You won't be disappointed. Mike, let's stay in New Jersey and get into the New Jersey Open, which begins on July 24th, so that's Monday. Uh, this is coming out Wednesday, so we got a couple days, but we're not going to be able to preview it before, so let's talk about it now. Mike, can you give us any background on the, on the process to get into the tournament? Well, yeah, so like like all the NJSJ Just because events. this is what you got into last year, right? This is at the Ridge of Packbrook. This is what you played yeah. in last year. So last year you qualified for it. You got into it. You had your practice round. You went through the whole thing. And I know, unfortunately, you weren't able to do any of that this year, just how the schedule works. But But give us that insight. That's great insight that we can talk about. Yeah, I mean, the NJSGA does a phenomenal job. They They put together, you know, probably anywhere between three to five qualifying events that if you're not already, you know, if you haven't already got in because of some sort of exemption, that you go and try to qualify. And like anything, I think we all can attest to how hard it is at qualifiers because it's legit one round. And if you have one bad hole, sometimes within that one round, you don't get in. But if you get in based upon how many people are in the field at that event, um, you know, whether it's top five in ties, top seven in ties, then you eventually get to move on to the championship. Now, one thing I do want to point out that I did have a, a, a listener ask me, well, can I try to qualify at all of them? No, you only get one chance to qualify at one of the qualifiers, so you'd have to pick one that suits your schedule or the golf course that you're looking for. Um, so you wouldn't get five tries if there's five different qualifiers. Um, and then if you get in... It's a good um, question. Yeah, no, it's a valid question. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and then if you get in, um, then you're guaranteed two rounds. Now, the difference between the, the, the Open and the Amateurs is the, is the Open has obviously local pros, um, head golf professionals, directors of instruction, assistant golf professionals, all playing in the event alongside amateurs, while also it's only 54 holes, whereas the State Am is 72 um, the state opens only 54. Now, just like the state am, after Tuesday's round, there will be a cut. And again, if my understanding is correct, it's top 40 and ties would move on to that final round. Um, so it is a little different in terms of the length of the tournament, um, but it's also a much deeper field with how many quality directors of instruction, pros, so on and so forth that are participating in the event. So just getting in is a huge accomplishment. And then making the cut is a whole nother world. Uh, you know, again, that was a good question uh, that someone had. Why can't I qualify multiple times? Do you know how many, like, you see some of the club pros here on the list that I'm looking at. Do they have to qualify as well, or is stuff that they do throughout the year automatically qualify specifically someone like a club pro to to get into something like this? Um, some, some of them have to go through. Listen, they have their own exemptions from their section where mm-hmm. if they finish this or that, they automatically get in. Um, if they win certain events, they automatically get in. But if they are outside their exemption list, they're just like you and I. They'd have to go sign up at a qualifier and go get in. Okay. Like, I, yeah, I'm, so I'm seeing our, our guy Brian Gaffney is in, and, and, like, I'm just looking at him as someone who, like, he's he's going and qualifying for, like, the PGA, like, the, the national championship, PGA championship. So does stuff that he does automatically qualify him? But it, it sounds like there's a whole bunch in, of different yeah, qualifications. A, that, yeah, the exemption list for the pros – is much different than what it is for the amateurs. Gotcha. So yes, the, I think the idea within the the Open Championship is to have more pros because there is there is a there's a purse. Yeah. So like if you know like last year, like this year's defending the defending champion Lewis Kelly's not participating this year. 
Okay, so it's it's open to obviously a brand new champion this year. But just like when Lewis Kelly beat Jason Gore last year in the playoff, he won X amount of money because there is a purse. And how does it work if you're an amateur and you win? So say Pat Wilson goes out there and wins, or Jack Wall goes out there and wins. How they come in first and say, let's go, let's stay Manasquan. Let's say Jack beats Chris. Chris comes in second. Does that prize money go to him or does it get dissolved? Is that how that works? Yeah, so basically Jack would win the tournament or the championship and he would be exempt for probably X amount of years because he's the past champion. Okay. But when it comes to the money or the purse, Chris would win first place money. Okay. Because he was the first pro that finished atop the leaderboard. And does that... How many places get money, or is it like a winner-take-all kind of thing? No, no, it's not winner-take-all. I'm, I'm pretty sure it gets, it's leveled out to okay. something. Um, but in terms of like what the actual purse is and how that's divvied up, that I don't know. Okay. And again, I, I, I guess to some extent I could be wrong there, um, but I don't I, – I guess, I guess I should backtrack. I don't know for certain. I don't know for certain. But I, I guess if you're comparing it to like – the PGA Tour, it's not like winner takes all. Um, there is a you know trickle-down effect within that. For sure. There's, uh, I mean, obviously, we keep seeing the same names, you know, as I'm just scrolling through the list right now. Like, you see some of the same guys. I mentioned I mentioned Pat. I mentioned Jack. Uh, Michael Stamberger's on here. Troy is on here. Uh, but then, then you see, again, you get into, like, the pros on here, um, obviously Chris, uh, Brian Mackey at, at North Jersey. Um, yeah, he's playing with Austin. He's playing with Austin. I mentioned um, Brian Gaffney already. So you have these these pros mixed in here, and it's, it's interesting to see that dynamic of like, I'm just going to keep using them, someone like Jack who is – tracking to be a professional golfer you know he plays collegiately he just won the new jersey amateur um so he's he's got that that's where he wants to be and these these guys who are pro golfers they're you know pga professionals it's it's funny that like i would imagine that jack is playing more golf than they are than the pga tour pros are he's practicing more golf so when it comes to something like that do you think that this is going to be won by a pga professional or by one of the amateurs in the field well i i mean i i think it's it's a very possible one i mean i think when you think about you know um just to you know marcus stanza won the njsga open in 2020. So to say that like an amateur in the state that we live in can't win the Open Championship would be, you know, I think a, a, a crazy statement because, you know, obviously if Mark just did it a few years back, um, like I get it. Most of the time it's a professional or a club pro winning it. Like I, I get it. Um, but I mean, evidence is right there in the pudding with Mark doing it a few years back. So, um, to say like a guy like Jack doesn't have a chance to win the whole thing would be would be ludicrous. Uh, clearly, he's playing good golf. I mean, no offense, Jack Simon's right there too. I mean, you know, another guest another guest we had on a few weeks back. I mean, he's he's just as much capable of getting the job done. He clearly showed it at Manasquan River, and, and you got to think home court advantage helped Jack Wall there. So, yeah, I think and I think that's the one thing the nice thing really about our state is. You got amateurs that flat out can play. You got club pros that can flat out play. You got directors of instruction that can flat out play. So, again, like another, you know, we talked about it for the AM. It's another loaded field with a lot of names and a lot of guys that we've had on the show that we're dying to get on the show. Um, so it's another exciting, another exciting tournament. I, I, I'm wondering, I guess, how. What do you think then? That percentage is at? Do you think it's at? 50-50 because we got so many good amateurs. Do you think it's a 60-40? Like put a number on it for me. I, I think I think it's probably 60-40 that a club pro or director of instruction wins a tournament. Okay. I do. Um, but I, I again I 
I don't think those are crazy odds in the sense that it's going to be someone like that. I don't even know what the makeup of the field is if if it is more amateurs compared to you know club pros, um, etc. Um, so that's a tough thing to to decide. So I I, I don't know, um, but I can't say I'd be surprised either which way. It's, a, it's another loaded field. I'm excited to see what happens. And you know you know the nice thing for us is. You know, hopefully we're able to get up there before the tournament begins. It's just really unfortunate that it's after this episode's airing to give us, you know, a little feedback about the golf course. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it's another exciting, you know, three days for, for the state and, and the golf. Do you have a winner? Of course. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how you can ask me about the tournament and not say that I don't have a winner. Okay. Um, I'm not one of those guys that just, you know, I look at the field. I look at the pairings. I, I will say this. I know... We talked at length about, you know, the amateurs, uh, the amateur championship and their pairings. But I, I will say the one pairing to me that stands out is twelve forty eight off the back tee. You got Jason Gore, PGA Tour guy. You got Jack Wall, and then you got Tyler Hall from Upper Montclair, another place that we visited often. But like that's a loaded pairing. Yeah, loaded pairing. Um, and no, one, no nonetheless, and like. I, and it's funny you say that one because the one right above it was the one that uh, the twelve twenty six times. So I guess it's two above it. Two above it. Yeah, two, two above it. it. That whole six sum there with yeah. Troy, yep. Jamie Pearson, Brian Doherty off of one, and then off of ten with Michael Brown, Danny Lewis, and Grant Sturgeon. Like that's a, that's a loaded time. I don't know which one you want to pick, but like, yeah, time no doubt. Is loaded. And I. And I he, Think about it. Jason Gore lost in the playoff last year in the state open. You mm-hmm. have Jack Wall coming off off of you know the state and victory, and you got Tyler Hall, who's won Player of the Year multiple times. So yeah. you got you got really good golfers here. So it's it's a, it's a it's exciting. That's an exciting threesome that I'll definitely be be geared to. But I I do have my pick. Um, he's going off the one thirty two tee time, going off the back nine. The director of instruction from Hamilton Farm Golf Club. I'm going Nick Bova. Oh, Mike! <laughs> and I'll tell you. And I'll tell you hold why. On, hold on. I'll tell you on. why I'm going Nick Bova. I need because to justify it. Nick was my pick it. as well. Oh, give me a break! <laughs> I'm telling you, I, this is. You, of course, we you don't, say that. We don't talk. No, we don't talk about this before. We just we we keep the we keep the podcast authentic. Nick is Nick is my pick as well. Nick can golf his golf ball. Um, I think I think he's he's playing good golf. I, I think I think he's just due for one. I don't know. I, I just I have a feeling about Nick this week. Uh, so let me hear hey, your reasons. That's funny that you. Oh, that sucks that I got the same yeah, guy. But I wish you had said something to me ahead of time. Don't pick my guy. But when I looked at the names, and I'll tell you why I picked Nick. Only, and there's really, not only, I, it's hard to say he golfs his golf ball because I think at the 95% of these guys do that. But I would say the reason why I'm taking Nick over everybody else in the field is because if you date back to the episode when we had Nick on, and we were talking about like the upcoming NJSG events, and we were fortunate to get Nick on way back in the fall and the winter. And he had mentioned that the, the tournament was here at Hackensack and how much he thoroughly loved the golf course. So I kid you not, like that has stood in my mind since when Nick said that way back when, that like, okay, I'm sure he's gearing up. I'm sure he's grinding away. And I just think after 54 holes, he's going to be the one hosting the trophy at the end. Yeah, uh, I, again, tough to tough to argue because it's the same guy I had. Um, let's let's do this. Let's see if we could. Let's pick a. Let's get who's your amateur. That's our. Let's, let's call that our pro. Who's your amateur? You think is going to make a make a run here? Mark Costanza. Okay. I just I, I think I think Mark's pedigree. I think Mark's ability to. Um, play in not only you know local and state stuff, but and you know the Met stuff, and then you want to talk national stuff, and I I just think his ability to do that I I think kind of separates him, you know, and I would love to have seen him play in the state am and kind of see you know what he would have done at Manasquan River, knowing the golf course so well, um, but I just think Mark is is just another guy that like is so damn good especially as an amateur i i just think that like 
if you had to, if I had to pick who I think is going to be the best finishing amateur, I'm taking Mark Costanza. Don't tell me you're going to take Mark too. No, 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 no. Uh, I was going to say, Jesus Christ. My, my guy's going to be Pat. I'm picking Pat Wilson for this week. Um, I think he's, he's playing really good golf. He was, uh, I think he said he played Matasquan only a time before. Uh, so he didn't really get to see the course. And we talked about course knowledge there. He still had a good showing. Uh, at the AM, he's playing really well right now in the USAM qualifier. So I, 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 I think Pat's playing really well. I think being um, the, the pedigree of having experience at, at like this kind of thing is, is I think, needed. So um, you go, Mark. I'm going Pat. It's and a we big, both got big there. Hamilton Farm connection. Right, going we right do. Now. Yeah, we do. Yeah, but again, w- wouldn't be like, would you be shocked if Jack Wall's right there? No. Not, would you be shocked if Jack Simon's right there? No. And I'll tell you what, the, the only reason I hesitate on picking Jack Simon to come back and win this is, and I hope this doesn't happen, and I don't want it to happen, I don't. But, like, the reason why I picked Pat is Pat doesn't have, like, a hangover from the AM. You know, like, he didn't play great, uh, but he didn't play poorly either. He didn't lose in, like, some kind of tough tough fashion. And I wonder, again, hoping not, but I wonder if Jack Simon has a little bit of a hangover coming off of this, um, off of that. And so that's that's my reservation for picking him. So... Yeah, I mean, listen, the, only, the one thing I will say about Jack is Jack Simon specifically is he has, has to have a lot of confidence going in, regardless of how the tournament finished, because the way he finished those, you know, that 71st hole mm-hmm. to get into the playoff, like, I think speaks to the character that he could have thrown in the tank, made two pars coming in, and missed the playoff by one. Like, I, I think a guy like that might even be a little more motivated, you know. It's up there in North Jersey. That's his neck of the woods. He's yeah. not hiking down with the drive every day. And that's um, why that's why I picked Pat as well. I don't think Pat's Pat's sleeping in his own bed. He's staying nearby. Like he's not staying in a hotel or someone else's house and worrying about that kind of stuff. But but yeah, I I, I hope I hope Jack Simon doesn't and he is playing great golf. Again, that's just my only that's my reservation and my logic for picking Pat over Jack. All right, Mike, before we move into our time at Crystal Springs, let's talk real quick about the British Open uh, or the Open Championship. I'm glad that you said something because I had completely forgotten that it it jumps on you so quick. Like, we just go from one major to the other. I, I don't know if this new schedule... I don't, to be honest, I don't really like it. I wish it was spread out a little bit more. <clears throat> I feel like we said the same thing with the U.S. Open, that it was just after the PGA, and uh, I, it just it just seems like they're kind of on top of each other. But either way, we're right here for the British Open. Rory won this week, the Scottish Open. Uh, I don't know if there's any correlation to Scottish Open winners and open championship winners but i do know that that field is loaded because a lot of guys like to go over there and get their bodies used to that time change so who do you like um well i got one sleeper and i got one guy that i like i do um i i think i think cam smith defends his title and wins again i do I, I think the comment he made the other day about he told his buddies they only have to wait another week to drink out of the cup again is something that I absolutely love. The confidence, the confidence saying that makes me like, oh, I love your chances. <laughs> love your chances. Because to me, that's like right up my alley in terms of just somebody borderline cocky and getting things done. So I'm going, I'm picking Cam Smith to win the damn thing again, back to back. And then my sleeper, I'm going Tommy Fleetwood. I think Tommy Fleetwood's playing really good golf. I think Tommy Fleetwood has that like GQ model look to him. Like I think his cat looks like a, a bouncer at a nightclub that you don't want to mess with. 
I just think that Tommy Fleetwood has been playing such good golf over the past four or five weeks that like it's inevitable that a guy like that who's so talented doesn't break through. So without much, you know, debate on my end on who my sleeper and who my pick is, I'm going Tommy Fleetwood and I got Cam Smith defending his title. Who do you got? Both their odds are plus 1,500. And who's the, who's the best? Who's got the best odds? Rory's at plus 525. Okay. This is according to CBS Golf, CBS okay. Sports Golf. Rory, 525. Scotty Scheffler, 750. Rom, 1200. Ricky, 1200. And then Tommy Hovland and Cam Smith. Yep. Cameron Smith has worse betting odds than Ricky Fowler? Yep. Terrible. By $300. Terrible. (laughs) I would gladly bet straight up that Cam Smith finishes better than Ricky Fowler. <laughs> and I know that's your boy. Ricky Fowler is is my boy. I don't I don't like Ricky this week like I did for the US Open. I, I actually think uh going over there, I think John Rahm's gonna go over it and Wow, and, you got him winning two majors this year. Yeah, I, I think that he's uh I, I think it's he's a poised bold, to bold be pick. It's yeah, a bold he, pick. Yeah, he's too good. Uh, honestly, I, I just don't I'd love to see Rory win it. I just have a tough time picking people that have won back-to-back weeks. Um, I know really it doesn't have one to do with the other, but I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, it's so hard to win. It's I think it's tough to pick Rory. Um, honestly, especially with what he did at the Masters and 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 coming off it, I don't know. I think John Rahm's also used to that. That time zone, like that's his, you know, I know he's from Spain. It's not, I don't know if it's exactly the same time zone, but from being over there, um, like a little bit of home field advantage kind of-ish, if you want to say that. Um, and, and a sneaky one that I like is Xander Shoffley. Everybody always picks Xander. Everybody and, and picks I'm Xander t- in every major. The dude never wins. Right. And, and when, how often have I said Xander Shoffley? I don't know. Not very you're, often, right? Not and very I, often. And I think, right? I, I don't know. I, I, for whatever reason, I look and I go, he, this could be his breakthrough week. So, uh, yeah, I like, I like Rom. I, I just, I, I think that he's, I think the putting is going to be a problem for Scotty. Because uh, you need to putt well, and we've talked about, and, and everybody knows he's not putting well. Um, yeah, I just I, I think Rom's gonna get it through and get it get it along there well. Uh, you know who usually also has a good showing at these that we don't I that do. we don't ever talk yeah. about? Tiger Woods. <laughs> oh, he's Wait, not playing he, this week. He's, he's not, not playing this play week. This week. Oh. oh, sorry. Um, Shane Lowry, see, to me, seems like a guy that that does well. Shane with these Lowry kind of to things. me seems like, like your if I dude. had to go, I would backdoor top ten for him. Like I think he's going to get a top ten. I, I you need I fucking love you need Shane to Lowry. Hug Shane Lowry more. He's your guy. Shane Lowry <laughs> and you, you guys need to be boys. I know you tried jumping on the Joel Damon bandwagon, and that just never took off. But Shane Lowry uh, and you, hold on, hold on. Joel Damon is that that bandwagon is is very good. He's just not a great professional golfer and i don't even see his as i keep scrolling is he even in the field shane lowry's He's... plus 300 fuck it i shane... might take i might take shane lowry i might jump oh, here we go i convinced you into taking shane lowry so when shane lowry <laughs> I doesn't do. play I, well you're gonna I be love, like you i love shane lowry though him. no it's it's funny that like you know who my guys are because like just the vibe i put out and they put yeah, out the vibe nothing, the optics nothing would he like looks me like more. a guy that's just gonna go chill and hang out and and yeah. play good golf and that's right up your alley uh yeah i i Joel Damon is not in the field according to this website that I'm currently on. Yeah, not surprised. However, David Duvall is plus 150,000, and so is John Daly. Yeah, because they're just past champions is probably why they get in. Yeah. Uh, I, but I do. It's no joke that I, that I love Shane Lowry. I think he's just a – to me, he's a guy that, like, plays golf and drinks pints 
and that's just what he does. Like that's, but he's not like the partier type. He's he's more like you're gonna see him in like a dark bar, drinking pints. Whereas Joel Damon's gonna be playing flip cup, flip cup and beer pong. I don't think I don't I don't see Shane Lowry doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, me neither. But, but we'll talk more about that uh, next week as that comes up because that's that's coming around the corner here. So next week, this starts Thursday tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. I know. That's what I'm saying. So we'll we'll recap it for next week. Uh, we should we should try to get out there. I think we should go to both opens next year. That's yeah, our goal. See- Yes, yeah, see you Let's there. try to get someone to sponsor us to get over there. Yes, yeah, see you to there. get to those two. Yep, yep, see you uh. there. <laughs> you're, trying um, to get me out of, you're trying to get me out of Ocean County. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about going to a different country. Right, well, go, go big or go home, right? Let a man dream. All County Exteriors is a third-generation, premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over 40 years in business. In a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for only five years, All County Exteriors has stood the test of time, providing their customers with top quality roofing, siding, windows, and doors. They service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions. All County Exteriors is not just limited to construction. They have a deep passion for giving back to their community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Cancer Society, Roofs for Troops, and Parents of Autistic Children. If you have planned to do any exterior modeling, call the experts at All County Exteriors for a free, no-obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732-370-2780 for All County Exteriors for all your remodeling needs. All right, Mike. Let's uh, let's get into Crystal Springs. So, for I think let's do this. Let's get have you give a background, but before you get to the background, uh, let me introduce what what we just did. Uh, we were fortunate enough to go up to Crystal Springs. Um, we had two nights there. We had a bunch of rounds of golf. We had a lesson at the Ledbetter Academy. Um, we kind of did like a, a little North Jersey golf swing. Uh, of sorts and it was it was tremendous we were so lucky to have uh crystal springs you know um be so accommodating and and want to have us on or want us to come there and talk about the course so so mike why don't you uh, you're more on the forefront of what how this came about so so why don't you lead into it and then we'll We'll just kind of break it down from the golf to the hotel to the to the resort to the courses. So why don't, why don't you start with where it with where yeah, it so, started from? Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess just like anything, when you you know when you connect with different people on on social media, um, I was fortunate to connect with the operations and marketing manager up at the Ledbetter Academy there at Black Bear, which is part of the you know, Crystal Springs Resort Golf Clubs. And, you know, Brian and I had gone back and forth for, no lie, probably a good, you know, four months, maybe even five months trying to put together a little trip for us to to go up there, to experience the golf courses, to experience the resort. Um, and then we finally found a, a three-day, two-night stay or date that, that worked for you and I to get up there and it worked for Brian. So um, we went up there. We, were, we went straight to the Ledbetter Academy, um, right there at Black Bear in the back of, of the range. Um, you know, we met Brian finally in person because everything and all the conversations that him and I had were, were straight through either text messaging or through DMs. Um, so it was, it was unbelievable to, to meet him in person. And then he got us connected with Tom Reynolds, the, the head golf professional or the, the teaching pro there, um, that sat down and gave us, you know, a good you know, 60 to 90 minute lesson about everything. I mean, God, he broke it down for us in our swing. He broke it down in, our, in the putting. Um, and then they're even kind enough to have a photographer out there to take pictures of the whole afternoon. So like, you know, that that day itself was, was unbelievable. Um, but I think this is one of the things that you and I talk about is like, 
connecting with people, interacting with people, getting to know who they are and, and getting them to understand what our goal and our mission here is to just, you know, showcase and bring light to all things golf in the Garden State. And I know for someone like me, it may be two hours and 45 minutes away from home. But when you get extended invitations like this for over a three-day, two-night stay, and it's like, let's go do it. Let's go experience it because that's that's what we're trying to get done here. And I think just being up there, it was just like unbelievable. Um, but I guess if we, we could start talking a little bit about the lesson. I mean, what did you think with, with Tom and, and when we arrived? So, yeah, I it, it really was incredible. Um, starting at the lesson... He, Tom was able to do so much between the two of us in what I felt like was a short amount of time. I, I think it was, I don't think it was an hour and a half. I think it was a little over an hour. And the way he like bounced back and forth between the two of us, he's like, all right, just grab a club and start swinging. And then he took some uh, pictures or I, I guess it was, it was taken like little movies of us. And we talked about like, how quickly he was able to diagnose things in our swings. Like I, I didn't, I didn't overhear what you and he, what you two guys were talking about, but when he came over to me and he saw me hit one shot and it had my little, my little fade in it. And he's like, your problem is you tend to slice it or block or block fade it. And I was like, yeah, when I get in trouble, that's that's what I do. And he's like, okay. And that was after one swing. And he's like, okay, let me see you hit a couple more. So I hit a couple more. On one of them, he took, like, video of it. And then we went inside. He breaks down the the stuff for us. And he's like, this is what you do. This is why you do it. This is, like, seeing it. Then we went back out. We both did some drills to to adjust that. And again, super quick that he was able to diagnose our, like our issues with it. Um, he had you doing one-handed, one-handed drills. I, like I saw your, was it your left hand was on your chest and you were swinging with your right hand. Um, I'm trying to hit, like we've changed my grip. So I have a super strong, like now it's according to, according to him now it's normal. It's neutral. But for me, it feels like, it feels like it's the strongest grip. I, like, I don't know if I could turn my wrist over anymore. And, um, and we worked on hitting like punch shots um, to kind of like get the feeling of it. And then, and then you know, we did that and then took some full swings and then went back. You know, he took some video. We went back into the, into the lab and he did some comparison stuff. And like, I mean, you saw it, Mike, how my hands are so like whippy at the flippy. bottom to flippy. try to make up flipping like how and like the difference between the first time and the second time was astronomical and it really was like sometimes it's tough to see intricate changes in the golf swing but like that was not an intricate change like that was a huge huge difference um he did call me an athlete you know, he said that because I'm an athlete, I'm able to get my hands to be fixed. So sure I'd like that to be pointed out. I hold on. We have video evidence of him saying it. So uh, that's please that provide is... that. Please provide that. <laughs> Ryan, you you were working hard on your sequence, right? <laughs> right. So you, Ryan, had a wee bit of weak grip. Um, so we got a lot of toe hang up here on the top, really long backswing. You have an excellent sense of rhythm and balance, okay? Now the problem is from here, with that open face, the athlete in you um, essentially reacts to that in maybe the opposite way of Mike. That's, uh, that's big. To see, the, to see it, though, like I can feel it, but then to see it is a different thing. And I know you could, you could feel it, too. You were doing those, like, one-handed swings, and then he had you doing some other stuff. And then and you could see it, too, with, like, you've always said you can never hit a cut. Like, you're, you've, you never can. And, and then trying to put that, what did he say for you? Like, it's not going to be the end-all, but, like, having that in your repertoire, like, in your toolbox, it, 
again, it was just really cool. The time it took him to diagnose was almost no time at all. The fixes were really pretty simple. It's just a matter of practice, but they were rather pretty... They were rather simple, to be quite yeah, honest with you. It, it, I thought the one thing I thought was really neat about what Tom had done was, like, we, you and I are two different golfers, you know, different levels, and being able to diagnose both of us after just a few swings, after a little bit of conversation, I think speaks to the expertise that he has, too. Because Absolutely. It's, no it's, doubt. It's, it's, it's easy at times to look at a better golfer and just be like, all right, you're good, nothing to do. But, like... I can't cut the ball. I still can't cut the ball. I probably won't practice enough to even learn how to cut the ball. But he gave me a few drills that if like I sat there and had the time to go practice, I'd be able to, like most good golfers that we've talked about on this episode within the State AM and the State Open, that like if they have a 130-yard shot and that pin is tucked front right, like a guy like me is conceding 30 feet left because I can't cut in there, where these guys are taking a little baby fade and cutting it at that pin, and they have five-footers for birdie. And I think him being able to diagnose that for someone on my level and then quickly just going next door to you and looking at yours and being able to fix things, like having your hands become, I guess, non-flippy in a sense and a more forward and being able to just drive more so with the left side just by simply turning your hands over. I think that speaks to how good Tom is at his craft. And, you know, obviously... If anybody is in that Crystal Springs Resort area or you live up there or you need lessons by somebody, like the fact that he was able to take the two of us, dissect things, fix things, give us a few pointers, like, God, it's a no-brainer. It, uh, no-brainer. It, it was like, uh, I don't know if I have the words to describe how amazing it was that he took again it was like a quick conversation and he saw something and he's like this is it and just boom done and it was just like this is what we're doing to fix it the rolodex of stuff that he must have in his mind of like drills to fix things he, he just like <laughs> like a drop down menu he clicks on like f- like fades to flippy to and here we go here's all these drills and he just like he's just got them yeah it was so impressive he was really Really, you know, all business up there. Um, this is what we're going to do. I mean, not like he was some kind of robot or anything like that, but like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're here to work, and and this is what we're going to work on. This is how you're going to do it. And it was, it, it was impressive. So if you're looking, if you're if you're up in that area, or if you're doing a weekend at Crystal Springs, or you like want a great pro to go to or a great teaching pro to go to go see tom he was he was awesome they got all the tools they got all the i mean how many pool noodles were there <laughs> they oh my had, god yeah. there was His so repertoire I mean, that, of stuff is, is incredible right i mean they had like three or four golf bags out on the range that are like teaching tools with like different stuff in it so yeah he, he had all those things and and then we move over to the putter and he's talking to us like again quickly about our putting and he gives you, he like goes into this bag, he gives me three balls, and he gives you three balls, and he's like, these three are specifically for you. Like, you had the black and white balls, and you had to roll them, and, you know, you worked on your hand placement and your, and, and rolling it, and for me, it was more about, like, I know, like, for short putts, I don't, I don't want to come up short anymore, and it's just getting over the mental side of that, and we talked about that, and it was just like just doing drills, like hey, just just knock it in, just have it hit the back of the cup, and just hammering away at like this is a straight putt. It's five feet. I, I must have hit. I must have hit forty of them, fifty of them, and you know it's just getting over that like mental hump for me there. Um, then we went on to lag putting and. And again, talked about like what we're trying to do, how we're trying to do it, what is our what are our hands doing, and just like how he can break down the smallest parts was so so impressive, um, and spend again all this time with us where it was where it was really just if again it I don't think it was a ha- an hour and a half I felt like it was just over an hour, um, and then we go back in and he kind of kind of breaks it down and for us one last time and 
yeah, it was it was really really impressive. He was he was awesome. Yeah, so, and yeah. I, I, the other thing I do like is one thing is I felt like he especially reiterated to me often is like kind of like practicing with a purpose too, like always having the alignment sticks there to ensure that like your setup is proper because I think that's probably something especially for someone like me that miss hits a ton of putts. He had that alignment stick out all the time, and anytime I put down the golf ball just randomly on the on the putting green he would re- realign it to make sure that i got to see what the ball actually looked like if it rolled on top of itself which you know listen i take for granted sometimes i'm just out there i'm just going to roll it and however i hit it i hit it um but he did constantly reiterate that to me he's like let's make sure we line it up the right way let's get set up the right way um and it's important because i think that's what probably it takes to get to the next level i'll just stick around doing what i guess i do yeah, it's it's so tough to get the pra- – I mean, that's everything, right? Like, you can get it, and then it's like, do you have the time to practice? Are you putting in the time to practice? And and as I found out at Black Bear afterwards, uh, I it takes time to do any kind of practice there. <laughs> so let's get into Black Bear a little bit. You know, like, obviously for someone like me who doesn't play a ton of mountainous golf, I think some of the views and the looks on that golf course were amazing. Um I did think the greens were in phenomenal shape for for a public golf course. I know the guys that we talked to, you know, like the uh, the bag drop guys mentioned that it was going to be like four and a half hours. I felt like we played in less time than that. We really didn't wait on many holes. Like we moved um, and it was just the two of us. So it wasn't like it was like, you know, we played through one group on what, 11? And after that, it was basically... Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing, yeah. Um, and then even so, I, I didn't feel like we were moving slowly, but but there was even a group that jumped in front of us at one point. Like they were, they must have been really cooking. So yeah, I I didn't I didn't think so. I thought it was a a comfortable pace. The layout's a little strange. Like you think you should be going to like the hole next to you, but you kind of kind of takes you somewhere else. You're totally right with the not not ever playing um, mountain courses. You know, we've talked about the ridge at Backbrook is like our, our mountainous course that we've played. But like those views are spectacular. The, the undulations on the, like the, the difference between like the tee box and the green on a bunch of those was, was amazing. Uh, beautiful like uh, vistas and, and that sort of thing. It's it's yeah it was it was spectacular great view the, yeah again, I, the only thing that was like quote unquote negative would be like the layout was a little like was a little quirky but like the signs are great there he said it a hundred times there that like the signage of where you need to be was was always you know you never got lost just follow the signs yeah and I and I know we spoke about this at length on the golf course specifically but the back nine was way better than the front way better in terms of like the ups the downs the looks Mm -hmm. the pictures um and and i think the audience will see that when we start putting out like our ryan and mike verses on those holes specifically like you can see like wow that is a really cool looking hole because at times you you look like you're hitting the ball directly into a mountain like you're Mm -hmm. just hitting the ball into a mountain but it's clearly way in a distance yeah And, and just the visual the optics, it was like, wow, that is really, really cool. Right. Like we, we said, those tee shots on 10 was yep. really cool. Oh, that was really so cool. cool. Yeah. Um, Even a, my a tee le- shot on 12. Like the tee shot going down that hill on 12, yep. it was narrow down there. Like that was really cool. Um, and then you 13, forget the about The approach how- on 13. Yeah. Like, we talked yeah. about how, how <laughs> hilly that was, how uphill that was. It was, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, that was that. That is a, and I know that's not one of the ones I feel like that's spoken about a lot in the Crystal Springs, you know, in their little like circle of golf courses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know a lot of the attention gets thrown to Bally Owen and Crystal Springs and Wild Turkey and things like that, but like, don't sleep on Black Bear, dude. Don't no. Like, don't act like it's like a second class citizen because it, it it's not a bad track whatsoever. So, Mike, I was I was comparing it and talking with somebody on on the ride home. I compared it to Shark River, 
Like, it doesn't get any of the... It gets no love in the county courses, but it's... It's... A, a, like, a good course. There's nothing I wrong with it. I think it's better than Shark River. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, uh, no, oh. I'm just saying that, like, oh, the comparison of, like, everybody talks about yeah, Harmony yeah. and okay. Charleston and Howell. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and nobody really talks about Shark when, like, you could go play Shark and, and you're getting challenged and you're getting, like, it's a right. good course. It's Yeah. You're it's saying within that way, little circle, of course. Within that circle, for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a fair point. Yeah, it's a fair point. And, it's and a good I think analogy. that, like, yeah, and and like everybody talks. You and I have both played Balio, and it's that's spectacular. I mean, that's hundred percent. Yeah, that's the um, best one they have. No, yeah, no doubt. But then when you look at like the other properties that they have, the other courses, if if this is if Black Bear is supposed to be quote unquote like the fourth best or the fifth best or whatever whatever number it is, you're 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 doing something right because it's it was really good. It was very challenging. I'll say it now. I'll say it again. Very, very challenging at times. I, I do think I would say if you get the opportunity to go play, go play. Yeah, absolutely. The, the one, I had one negative about the Ledbetter slash Black Bear experience. And it was the road leading up to the Ledbetter Academy. Yeah. Okay. That's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, uh, fair point. It really was. And, and I don't know if like, I'm not trying to be nitpicky or anything, but that road is filled with, with massive potholes. Potholes. And, yeah. And it was, yeah, it I was can't a, lie. That's, I, I guess if you're going to find ride. something, yeah, but if you're going to find something. That was the only something? thing I had bad about the day. It really was. It was, no, it was a, a, that's a valid point. Yeah. I, I do think I would have thought that it would have been a little cleaner in terms of the paving aspect of it. But like, yeah, I mean, uh, okay, I, I can buy that, but I think once you got up there and you got through, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the dark gravel pits and the flat tires. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I just, I wanted to bring that up because it's, it is like the, Tom did a great job up there and that, that facility at the Ledbetter, I mean, the driving range was enormous. They had like a members part up there. A short game the area. Put, the short game area, everything was, everything was top notch. Uh, you, you gotta, you gotta spend a little money and get that repaved because it was a tough ride up there. But everything else was, was first class up there. Speaking of first class, Mike, let's get into the the resort itself. When you check in at the at like the front gate, there's these. Before I get there, I was very confused at what's what up there because it's like the crystal springs village so like some of the places are townhouses some are condos some are homes and the hotel you don't necessarily know exactly what's what um until you've been there so if if anyone is like looking and they're like where am i staying you're staying right on property they do have two hotels there's the grand cascades Right, which is where we stayed, and the Minerals Hotel. Those are the two spots. We, we were fortunate to stay at the Grand Cascades. Which is up the road a little bit, and I think that's the thing that's kind of, that can confuse some people, that even though it's all under the same umbrella of Crystal Springs Resort, the Crystal, at, at Crystal Springs is the, um, the Grand Cascades Hotel, Wild Turkey, Crystal Springs Golf Course, and that's what's on the property. And I think there's a golf course called Cascades as well. There's three um, golf courses on yeah on, on property. And Cascades then, being the third one. Yes, and then you have Black Bear and Ledbetter, which is like five to ten minutes down the road. And then you have Bally Owen, which is 10 to 15 minutes down the road. And then you have Minerals Resort, which is five minutes down the road. So, like, it's, it's spread out um, when you look at all the stuff that falls under the Crystal Springs Resort umbrella. But we're going to focus on the Grand Cascades Hotel right now. 
as we're, yeah. as like what's on like their main property there. And don't and, forget about don't forget about the 18 hole natural grass putting course that they have outside the the Grand Cascades too. You know, that little spot there is is a beautiful spot for people that are looking to hang out as the sun is setting just to get, if, especially if you're up there for a golf trip. It's another, mm-hmm. it's another great little spot to go hang out at. The, I mean, th- I can't tell you how many like small little places there were. Um, Mike, we didn't go, but there was this little restaurant that was there. It's like farm to table. It's like hidden away, and I forget the name of it now. But it was it was. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up. But you're in the you're like in well, you where the they crystal, grow the food. You have the Crystal Tavern where we ate. You have the kites, but that's at the Minerals Hotel. So this like little chef's garden is like in the middle of, of like these bushes that that they're growing their tomatoes, their peppers, all, all this stuff is, is really cool. Um, and then you got, all the other like it, it's got the, um, al fresco. That's the word I was looking for. Al fresco dining. Um, but then, like the the biosphere um, pool is is awesome. It's got two different hot tubs, two pools. It's got a slide which I slide? went down. How about the, the water, water slide? The water slide that I went down. I'm a grown man that went down a, a water slide for children. Um, that was that was really cool. It's big. It's open. There's so so much to do. You never are gonna feel like you're on top of people. Um, it was it was top notch. Uh, we didn't go visit the spa. Mike and I didn't get matching facials or anything like that. But like the spa looked looked clean, top notch from all its reviews. It's awesome. We I took a trip down to the wine cellar, and that was awesome. You go down like this secret staircase that's like uh, a door in the wall, and you have this windy staircase that you take down. And and you see these old bottles of wine. They have they have bottles of wine from the 1400s that are in there that are thousands of dollars. But like it, it's just a really cool cutout of like another thing that you can do. The hotel was was clean. It was big. It was. I love that it had vaulted ceilings, so it, it gives the room more space. Um, we didn't happen to have a a patio mic but you know you saw some of them did which again makes it makes it even cooler um if you're able to have a have a cocktail out there like while it's raining uh and it's cool out because it was in the mountains it got a lot of that rain but uh, i i took a picture leaving the the next morning i know you saw it as well that like the the clouds are just above like our level, but you could see like where they stopped and see the top of the mountain behind it and the sun rising over it. It was a beautiful picture, really like serene place. So uh, this is this is uh, you know us rambling on about how many different ways you could talk about this. There's it, it's really an impressive property. Um, people tending to your needs. If you want anything, there was not lack of service or anything like that. The food was good. Um, I had a nice old fashioned at um, at one of the restaurants, and it was it was tasty. Just yeah, just just a really good um, yeah, I, really I, good I experience. I think that speaks to the customer service that Brian and I would. Well, I should say that Brian was sharing to me. I mean, the fact is, I had never met Brian in person, and to be able to experience this whole trip, really courtesy of him, like is unbelievable. So like. Everything from like being out at the Ledbetter Academy to Black Bear to Crystal Springs, the, the Cascades, the food, every, everything was like one of those experiences that I said to Brian when we were done, like, I can't thank you enough. I can't wait to come back up here in the fall when the foliage is just like amazing. Get to go play some other different courses while we're up there. And so that maybe at the end of this, you know, we could say, listen, we played all six golf courses while we were up there. It was an unbelievable experience. Like, and just spending the time that we did while we're there, like, 
This is a must spot. It's not only just for golfers. It's not just for like single, you know, you know, married men. Like it is a family atmosphere. It's a family resort. There's so many, so many things to do. So listen, if you're in that northwest corner of the state and you're trying to think about things to do, I'm telling you, go take a look at Crystal Springs. Go type in crystalgolfresort.com. Go, go check it out. They got some unbelievable things there, and I promise you, you'll leave there saying, wow, this, this mini trip in the state of New Jersey is one that we will never forget. Mike, I think you make a good point, uh, two good points there, that we never met Brian, and I just, uh, I just talked about how the service was great, and, and having never met him and just, just DMing with him, that he's the that that's their that's their thing like he's exemplifying what their their service is about so so that's incredible you know you talked about how it's in new jersey and it's this great resort you don't have to go out to um you know to missouri to bandon to cabot cliffs if you want to go on a golf trip with the with the with the boys or you want to have you know a, a just just husbands and wives go like you could you could do any which way any doesn't matter if it's if you want to do a boys trip there and do a bunch of golf you can do that you can play balio and wild turkey black bear crystal springs you could do three nights four rounds of golf and have plenty of stuff to do you can go with your family like bring a whole bunch of family the wives and kids will have stuff to do while the while the men are going to play golf or if the women are playing golf like there's there's stuff that they could do there's nature trails to walk around like there's there's so much stuff that you can do if you want to do a getaway with like a husband and wife getaway you could do that uh to where you know like wife could get a little spa day husband can go play some golf or again i i I don't want to give like specific gender roles there, but like if the wife plays golf too, like you could, you could do any of any of those combinations are doable because it's such a versatile place. There's so, so much to do. There's something for everybody there. Yeah, it was, it was such an experience. Um, and listen, I, I know we've said it. I, I can't thank everybody that we came across while we were there. You know, obviously huge kudos to Brian and his team for for getting us all set up and locked in and I I I just seriously can't wait to get back up there I can't a hundred percent I mean I, I know Brian thank you I know you're the catalyst but then you know hopefully someone's listening to this that's in the that's in the PR department or or whatever other department thank you for for having us up there for putting us up for the for the hospitality that you guys gave us it really again, really was a, uh, a special experience for us. So that was, that was awesome. Thank you. See you in the fall. See you in the fall is right. <laughs> That's going to be all for, for Mike and I today. Um, hope you enjoyed. Again, hope you got something out of it. And, uh, and as we've said, big things are coming. This was, this was one of those big things that was, that was coming up. We got more uh in the in the till for you so make sure you stick around and and keep up with what we got going on get over to the youtube page the drop golf podcast on youtube check out our instagram the drop underscore pod uh make sure you're keeping up with what we got going on because we got some more good stuff coming up take care peace out cub scouts (music) 